Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Seat right now and uh, love you to pull your Bibles out. Love you to open up to the book of Philippines chapter 1. Philippines chapter 1. So good to be back in this church and uh, Christian Melissa, great pastors I must say. One person agreed with me in the place here. I don't know who I'm preaching to right now. And uh, there you go. One person right here. And you need to give this guy a pay rise, and uh, it's a good thing. How many people know you've got great pastors in the place? Come on, let's put our hands together. Love on these guys. You guys didn't tell me how good looking this church was. You guys had a fight or something. You're like sitting apart from each other, and uh, just got a. Oh, there you go. That's just beautiful. That's just great. Who's sitting next to someone ridiculously good looking right now? And a uh, few hands that went up, a few that didn't, and. Uh, Saw a few elbows go out there. See, see, you know, when you look in the Bible, it says God spoke things and not as though they were. And if it's not the way it should be next to you, just do it in faith anyway. I'm going to ask you that question again. And just put your hands up in faith anyway. Who's sitting next to someone ridiculously good looking right now? And if you don't lift your hands up, I'm just going to presume that you're, you know, attracted to them and you're just too afraid to go there. And uh, that's all right. Uh, Philippines chapter 1. It's so good to be back here. How many people uh, heard me last time I was here? Any new? F- no one, just three of you. That's great. All right. Good. And uh, it's great. Church has grown and uh, what a great... Uh, that girl there, you, just before you sit down, can you uh, just come and stand over here? And because uh, uh, just right there is good and you know you can face me, you don't have to look at them. Just close your eyes and lift your hands because actually just prior to the service, uh, I looked to the right of me and I saw you standing about hear, uh, you know, talking, and what I actually saw at that moment were two arrows, and uh, I saw one blunt arrow that hit a target fell down, but another arrow that was sharp, and the the, the arrow penetrated the target and stuck in there, and I felt like the Lord speak to me at that moment, just close your eyes, and I believe that there's a gift that you have been sharpening in your life, I don't know exactly what that gift is, but I believe there's been a sharpening that's been taking place in your life, you're going to find yourself uh, you know, sticking to things when other people are falling off. There are people that are going to be around about your life that uh, because they haven't, I guess, sharpened what's on their life, you're going to find people dropping off. But understand this, that God is going to take you through even more of a sharpening process. You're going to find yourself the, uh, sticking to things like never before. But I, I believe that around about your world, there is incredible favor that God is going to bring around about your life. And you're going to cause others to be sharpened simply because you're in the environment, simply because you're in the environment of someone great. And uh, I tell you this, just get ready for this person in Jesus' name, have a nice life. It's a good thing. So it's a good thing. It's a good thing. We're looking at Philippines chapter 1 and uh, verse 6. I'm reading from NIV Bible. It says, uh, be confident in this, be confident in this. I guess when it says be confident, that's exactly what we've got to be is we've got to be confident. We've got to understand that, uh, that, that, that whatever is about to be said, it's going to come to pass. It says this, be confident in this, that uh, he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Father, we just uh, pray right now, Father, that you would speak to us. God, would you open up our hearts in the name of Jesus, God, that you would speak to us. In fact, I 
I sense in this room right now that there are going to be having, there'll be people in this room that's going to have an eyesight upgrade in this place. I feel like there are going to be people that are going to see into the Spirit like they've never seen into the Spirit before. In fact, I see people uh, that they're going to have an exchange of glasses, and I see people with binoculars. You're going to be able to see into the future like never before. In fact, there are some people that have even got uh, those micro, uh, what are those mi- microscope uh, gla- uh, things? Uh, you know, the ones I'm talking about, the microscopes. You're going to be able to see into incredible detail. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, would you do something significant in this place, we pray in Jesus' name. If you believe that, put your hands together, give him some praise in the house. He that began a good work in you will bring it to completion. I don't know about you, but you know what? Uh, I found that, you know what, we live in a world where uh, sometimes, uh, I guess, the stickability to dreams, to prayers, to desires, uh, I, I guess, become a whole lot harder. In fact, uh, uh, you know what, when, when it comes to commitment to following through, uh, sometimes it's just easier if I just back off into the corner and uh, get in the fetal position and just give up. There are moments where I just want to go, you know what, I've had enough, I'm over this, I, I want to back out. And so, you know what, we'll see that uh, in life in so many different areas that people People that, I guess, hit a wall and they want to give up. I mean, they start out good, maybe in their marriage, but you know what? They hit a wall in their marriage and all they want to do is turn and run. Uh, obviously not in this place, but, you know, all the other churches around the place, uh, uh, whether it's your marriages, whether it's uh, a dream that you've got, maybe in your relationships, friendships, there's so many betrayals that take place in life nowadays where one, you know, stage you might have friends either side of you, but then, you know, something happens and you know what, you find yourself, what's happened to, to those people uh, around about my life? I've got to tell you this, that you know what, there are so many people that are just backing off and marriages and, and our dreams, our desires. I, I wonder how many people in this place have got a dream, have got a prayer that you've been believing God for, but you know what, uh, through a process of hitting a wall, through some trial, some testing, some temptation, for some reason, uh, it's caused you to back off. I don't know who that might be, but you know what, I've had so many moments in my life. I've got prayers even to this day that I'm still believing God for. 20 years down the track, I, I sometimes have moments where I go, you know what, will this ever come to pass in my life? Uh, this is an exciting day for me. It's my 41st birthday today, and uh, that's right, I'm excited about that, and uh, it, it's, it's, it's a good day, and uh, I think you should sing happy birthday to me. Happy birthday Ready? Happy birthday. Oh, I sing that. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Carrie. Carrie. Happy birthday to you. Hip hip. Hooray. Hip hip. Hooray. I couldn't make you do that on your own, Carrie. We didn't even know we will do a cake after. It's all good. I'm confident. So, so, so you know, it's, it's all good because I knew my wife and my girls would not sing me happy birthday, so I thought I'd go there, but it's, it's okay. It's all good. I'm, but, but the thing is this, is that, you know what, uh, all right, so I'm at 41 years of age, and you know what, I've got some dreams that I had sitting inside of me when I was 20 years of age, and I look at my life and I go, when is that going to, to come to pass in my life? And, and you know what, so often we have things sitting on the inside of us, and, and uh, you know what, we just go, you know what, it hasn't taken place, maybe I got it wrong. Maybe the vision, maybe the prophetic word, maybe whatever came to my life wasn't God. And you know what? Maybe it's just best that I just have a sleep, back off, give up, fall away, and uh, you know what? Just go on with whatever comes my way. But I'm so thankful that I serve a God that doesn't give up when things get tough and rough. 
We serve a God that never gives up on us even when we turn our backs on Him. I don't know about you, but you know what? I've got many times. Uh, I've got more than a few pages. I've probably got novelfuls. Uh, your pastor has probably got encyclopedia full of betrayals that we've done towards God. You know what? Where we turned our backs on God, but you know what? God was faithful enough to say, you know what? You may turn your back on me, but I'm not giving up on you. You, you might uh, go into this place of temptation. You might go into a place of sin, but you know what? I'm not giving up on you. And that's the good thing about our God is that God does not give up even when we turn our backs on Him. I, 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 I love this quote because I made this one up and you might want to tweet this one right now. Uh, but it says this. Uh, it says that God doesn't have a garage full of half-finished projects. Let me say that again. God doesn't have a garage full of half-finished projects. See, see, the thing is this, is that, you know what, way too many people give up when they hit a wall, when they uh, hit a trial, when a trial starts knocking on their door. Stephen King, the famous author, uh, and, uh, you know, I guess the author of many movies that uh, have caused a lot of pain for us at night times, uh, once said this, he says, you don't drown by falling in the water, you drown by staying in the water. You don't drown by falling in the water, you drown by staying in the water in the water. And so you know what? If we serve a God that does not give up, then you know what? Because He's in us and we're in Him, then we need to get a piece of that in our life that no matter what happens, no matter what trial, what temptation, testing comes our way, that you know what? I'm not giving up. I may have hit the ground, but I'm getting back up again on my feet. The fact the Bible says, though a righteous man falls seven times, he will rise. I might be getting up in pain. I might be getting up when friends are turning back on me. I I might be getting up the enemy's all against me, but guess what? I'm going to push through. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're responding, right? You've got to get up because you know what? He's a God that does not give up. It reminds me of a story of a, uh, an individual that bought a piece of land and he believed that on this land there was a, a massive rock formation and in the middle of this rock, he believed that there was gold and so he invested a lot. I mean, he bought the property, he invested in the drill, uh, uh, the, the rigging, uh, the staff to be able to, to, to drill into this face and so what happened was once it was all set up, he started to drill into this rock and what happened was days turned into months and uh, it's just sort of seemed like every day it just got harder and harder. Equipment was breaking down and, uh, you know, staff was getting disgruntled and it was just uh, not so good. And eventually, uh, because the money was drying up, he said to himself, you know what, it's probably just best that before I go bankrupt that uh, uh, maybe what I should do is just sell this land and uh, pay the debt off and let's get out of this thing. And so that's exactly what he did. He pays this thing off. And uh, the next owner uh, turns up on the land and obviously the drill's still sitting in the wall, the rigging's still there. He thought, I'll just turn this thing on. He turns the thing on. One foot, he hits gold and strikes multi-millions of dollars. I wonder how many people in this room are just one foot from hitting gold. I wonder if there are how many people in this room are one foot from getting your breakthrough, one foot from seeing the answer to your prayers, one foot from getting to your dream. I'm telling you, there are so many people giving up on dreams, desires, prayers that God put inside of you. Come on, let's just get up and have another shot. Let's have another fight. You may have knocked me down, but I'm going to have another shot. Come on. Put your hands together. Give them some praise. Be confident in this, that the good thing that he started you, that he will bring it to completion. Another translation says this, as you can see behind you, uh, that he'll bring me to a flourishing finish. 
<laughs> I love that. Because you know what? The good thing that he started in me, I get this picture that, you know what? It started out good, but you know, on the journey of getting to the finishing line, that, that I had a few trials, that I sort of hit a few walls and it knocked down and, and a bit of pain. And, and so the thing is this, is that, you know what? All I can see is that eventually I'll get past the line. I might be limping, I might be in pain of pain, we're getting past, but that's not what the scripture says. He didn't say you're just gonna get past or, or just scrape through. No, no, he says you're gonna have a flourishing finish. Well, what does that mean? Well, flourishing finish. I had to look in the dictionary to find this one. But the word flourishing means to grow vigorously, uh, thriving. It means to be prosperous. In other words, the scripture is saying that, you know what, what he starts, he will bring to a completion. That flourishing finish will be a prosperous, thriving, overflowing finish. I'm telling you this, that you might have had a hit a wall. You might have felt like you got to give up. But I tell you, you're going to finish off better than when you started. You're not just going to scrape through. You're going to get through the other side of this thing. It made me think, well, what is it going to take for me to have a flourishing finish? Because I've seen so many people just scrape through in life. I've seen so many people that, 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 that have just not quite got there. What are the ingredients I need to have this flourishing finish? I wanted to know what that was. Now, you're looking at a guy that likes to give things a shot once in a while. And so I thought one day I was going to bake a cake. And so, like, like every good guy does, they get the recipe out. But, but ladies, you've got to understand, guys don't need to read from the beginning to the end, right? You just, you just start at the top, and you put the things together, and you read it as you go. We don't have time, right? We live busy lives. And you know what? We've got these busy jobs that we do. We're going to come home. We're the men of the house. We're going to be the protector and the providers of the house. We're going to stop invading predators that might take out the kids and the wives. And so we live busy life. We don't have time to read right through. Let's just start at the top, read it, do it, and get to the end. And so that's literally what I did in this moment. And uh, what, what do I need? Okay, I need some sugar. Okay, sugar, get the sugar, put it out. Okay, put it All right, what else do I need? Uh, Self-raising flour over here. Self-raising flour. Where's the self? Where's the self-raising flour? Uh, flour will do. Okay, <laughs> put that in there and get all those ingredients and I put it together. And you know how it works. The idea is that you put the ingredients together, you, you mix it together, uh, you put it in the right bowl, and then you put it in the oven, the right temperature. You go away for a time, right? You go back to defending the family, doing all you have to do. And then you come back when the bell goes, and you open it up to a flourishing, nice, deep cake, a cake that has risen. I open it up, and you know what? I'm looking at a pancake. It's not funny, because I spent a lot of time, right? I'm defending the family. I'm providing for the family here. And uh, you know what? I got this pancake, right? What, what's the problem? The problem was is that, you know what? I had added ingredients that I shouldn't have added to it, or I put things into this cake that I shouldn't have put into the cake. I should have followed the instructions. Yes, I know it. Yes, girls, I admit to it at times. I do make mistakes, right? I, I apologize on behalf of your men in this place. I learned my lesson, right? But the thing was is that I had neglected to put certain ingredients. You can understand that if you want to have a flourishing finish in your life, there are certain ingredients that you need to put into your life, into your dreams, your prayers, your faith, in order for me to have a flourishing finish. If, if I choose to negate those things, to not add them to my life, to leave them out or add other, 
you know what, I may not get the flourishing, I may get that scraping past. In fact, I may not even get past. If I don't have these ingredients, how many people in this place would like to know what the ingredients are to having a flourishing finish? Just three, come on, is there people that are excited about getting past to a prosperous, great day? So let's find this out. I mean, there are a bunch of things that we could talk about, we could do, but there are three ingredients that we need to apply to our life. The first thing is a relationship with the book. A relationship with the book. See, see, the Bible actually talks about how there are many voices in the world. The question is, is that what voice are you listening to? There are a lot of voices out there. And one thing that I've realized this is that, you know what, the voice that I hear is the voice I choose to amplify. And when I amplify that voice, it becomes the loudest, it becomes the most prominent voice that's inside my world. It's important that the voice that I'm listening to is tuned into the right channel because if I'm tuned into the wrong channel, then the unfortunate thing is that it may give me a destiny I'm not really willing to have or want in my life. But so often there are so many Christians that, like you, turn up to church week in, week out, faithful, serving, giving, doing all these things. But because they've tuned into the wrong channel, they never get the flourishing because they've decided to tune into the wrong, we've got to tune into the right channel. See, we've got to have a relationship with the book. See, see, you might have tuned into a channel that says to you, that you don't have any money, a channel that says that, you know what, you're not going to be able to pay off that bill, that you're going to go broke, that you're going to go under, that you're going to go bankrupt. Or you could tune into this. You could tune and amplify Philippians 4, chapter 19, that my God will supply all my needs according to his riches of glory in Christ Jesus. I could tune into Deuteronomy 8, verses 18, to remember that it is God that gives me the power to get wealth to establish his covenant. I could tune into Deuteronomy 28, verses 11, that God will grant abundant prosperity and lavish me with good things, children from my womb, and the land that he swore his for fathers to give me. I don't know if anyone's excited in this place, but you could tune into Deuteronomy 28 verses 12. The Lord will open up the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, and send rain on my land and season and bless all the work of my hands. I will lend to many nations, but borrow from none. I don't know what the voice you're listening to. Maybe there's a voice that says, you know what? You're going to get defeated by that sin. You're going to get pushed around by that stuff. You're going to, you're going to get strangled by the stuff. It's going to control you. You're going to get addicted to that sin. It's going to defeat you. In fact, that devil's going to knock you out. Or you could tune into 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 13. God keeps his promise. He'll not allow you to be tested, trial, tempted beyond your power. At the time you put to the test, he'll give you the strength to endure it, but provide you a way out. I don't know what you're listening to. Maybe you're listening to a voice that says that you're in pain, that you're gonna get sick, that you know what, the doctor's gonna tell you that you're gonna die, that you're gonna get cancer, you're gonna get that tumor, and eventually you're gonna tie. Or you could turn into a station that's in Jeremiah 30, verse seven, that says that God will restore you to health. He will heal all your wounds, declares the Lord. Uh, maybe in Psalm 103, verses one, bless the Lord, O my soul, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Maybe it's in Isaiah 53, verse five, that by his stripes, you are healed. I, I don't know what you're tuning into. We tune ourselves into so many voices around about us. A voice that says, you know what, you're not gonna survive this attack. Voice that says to you, you know what, that uh, your marriage is gonna get smashed, your finances are gonna get smashed, your children are gonna get smashed, the devil is gonna knock you out. 
Or you could choose to turn into a channel and amplify. Deuteronomy 28 verses seven that says that the Lord will grant that the enemies who rise against you, they'll come at you in one direction, but flee in seven directions. You could go to Romans 8, 31. If God be for me, then who can be against me? I could go to 1 John 4, 4, that greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I could go to Isaiah 54 verse nine, that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. If you believe that and you want to change, would you put your hands together? Give him some praise. Ah, you see, we've got to have a relationship with the book. That's what we've got to do. We, 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 when, we, when we get to this point that that becomes the, the number one voice in our life, then, then we realize our God, we understand the character of God, we understand who he is, and you've got to understand that, that I, I've got this covenant with, with, with God. We really don't understand. I don't have time to, to really explain what a covenant is. It's very, in Western world, New Testament times, what is a covenant? It just simply means that whatever's mine is his and whatever's his is, is mine. Did, did you get that? You understand that? And, and so, so the thing is this, is that, you know what, when that covenant's in place and I've got this relationship with the book, it just simply means that, you know what, I can now put a demand on his word in my life and my circumstances. Got to put a demand. And so, so the thing is this, is that let's say you were told that you had an inheritance that was uh, rightfully yours, and you know what, it was worth multi-millions of dollars, then all you've got to do is put pressure and put demands on that, that word or a demand on that covenant, and then it comes your way. Uh, like, like, I remember a story, true story of a, a very rich, wealthy couple, they, they were multi-millions of dollars. Uh, uh, they owned land property. They had lots of money in the bank, and uh, they didn't have any kids. They, they had a very faithful servant that uh, uh, made, that was there, that cleaned, that cooked, and did everything for them. She didn't marry, and she didn't have kids herself, but she just faithfully worked for them, and she got a paycheck from them. And One day, the husband died, and what had happened was is that she just continued faithfully serving the, 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 the widow, the, the, the lady of the house. And uh, in the final moments of this lady's life, uh, when she was in the hospital before she uh, died, uh, this lady invited her maid to, to come and visit her. And she came in and, and there she was. She was just, you know, wetting her brow with a flannel and looking after her. And what had happened was the lady moved over to the, the side table next to her bed and she opened up the drawer and she pulled out this letter as far as she was concerned, this certificate. And she, she goes, I just wanted to say thank you very much. You've been incredibly faithful to me and my husband in my final moments. I just wanted to give this to you as a token of all that you've done for us. There, there is really nothing that we could do, uh, but you know, this is just something that we wanted to say thank you very much to you for what you've done. And and she was totally blown away by this. She, 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 she was very simple. She, didn't, she wasn't that educated. She couldn't read that well. And, and so, you know, what she did is she took that certificate away. Many hours later, the lady died. And anyhow, the, the, the days turned into weeks. Weeks turned into months. And she moved into her own apartment. She couldn't get another job. She was getting old at this point. And her money was drying up, and so she was living well below the, the poverty line. And when she got to an older age, uh, the governor provided a nurse to come and visit her 
in her house. And so when she turned up in the house, uh, she, she would clean the house, do, 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 administer some medicine to her. But she noticed that when she visited this, that this, this the certificate that was on the wall, and after a while she asked, what, what's that certificate that you've got up there? And she said, uh, well, that was given to me by the lady I worked for. I was a maid in a house of a, a good friends of mine for many years. And and she went over and read it. She said, would you, do you mind if I just take it away and have someone read this for you? And, and she goes, I prefer you not to because that's the only memory. It was the gift that she gave me when I left. And it's just, just one thing. I don't have any photographs, but it's just one memory of the good times of my life. And, and so she says, look, you can take it, but please, so long as you bring it back. She goes, I promise to bring it back. She takes it away. A few days later, she turns up and her, her visit, she's got this certificate uh, in this frame. And she said, I've actually taken that to a lawyer to read through what you don't realize is that that is actually a title indeed for the entire estate, for the couple that you, you worked for. So you see, the problem was is that this lady had the entitlement to live the high life, to live like a queen, uh, to live like a king and a queen. But because she, she was ignorant, because she didn't understand what was rightfully hers, she couldn't put a demand on what was rightfully hers. I hope you're getting the point of what I'm trying to say. Unless you have a relationship with the book, you can't put a demand on the word to receive the inheritance that God has got for your life. And it's not until I have a relationship with the word that I can put the demand on my circumstances, situations on my world, to, to, to believe God, to, to, to live the, the high life, the, like to live like a king and queen, that the son of God that he's created me to become. Come on, look at the person next to you say, you need to get a relationship with the book. So number one, we need to have a relationship with the book if we want to flourish. Number two is we need to have a relationship, here we go, with others. You need to have a relationship with others. I love this quote that none of us is good as all of us. Let me say that again, none of us is good as all of us. I like to use the elevator principle. The elevator principle says that the whoever you allow into the lift of your life will either take you up or take you down. You, you understand that if you've got kids, if your kids get in the environment of the wrong people, your kids are gonna spiral downwards. Put them in the environment of the right people, they're gonna go upwards. And so often in life, that what, what happens, we, we think we've got it all together. And, and guess what? You probably have. God, God's put a whole lot of gifts and talents and some amazing traits inside your life. But let, let me tell you this, that it's only gonna take you so far. Uh, you know, last week, our, our youth ministry, we, we had, get this, we had 232 teenagers turn up uh, on Friday night last week. Uh, uh, but you got to understand that that sounds awesome, right? That's exciting. Come on, we can believe a day for here and Noosa, right? Come on, we can do that, right? Three of you, okay, come on, we can believe for that day. But guess what? That sounds awesome. And I could just stop there, move on. And you think that I'm amazed because we're not that good. You can understand that we're not that good. I mean, we, we, we're moving towards being that good, but you know what? I, I couldn't have done it unless I had a team, and the team couldn't have done it unless they had a few other help, and we couldn't have done it if we didn't have those Bible college students that you had last week that were partnering with us to get into schools when others were working and doing stuff. I hope you understand. What I'm saying is this, is that, you know what? Uh, we're not that great unless we have other people in our lives. I mean, Christian, uh, it was nice for you to say, you know what, great couple, great capacity, two churches on the Gold Coast, and, you know, leading the movement. But guess what? We're not that good. You, know, you can understand, we can't do this by ourselves. 
Why aren't you simply this good? Because we've got great people in our world. I understand I could never become the, the great man I am today unless I had great people in my world. I mean, you've got great pastors, but guess what? They're not that good. I mean, they're great, they're awesome, but you know what? They couldn't do what they're doing unless you, as great people, had attached yourself to their lives, to this vision, this dream that's in the place. And so often in life, so many people, they think, well, I'm gonna do this by myself. I'm gonna do this my way. But I've discovered, you know what? I might have a little bit of a success, but you know what? I can never become great. I can never see the fulfillment. I can never see the flourishing unless I have relationships in my world. What well, your, your dreams your desires, your plans. You can't do it by yourself. You need to have others, the right people in your life. You need to have, look at the person next to you. Just say, who's in your life? Who's in your life? See, see, Jesus uh, was in the boat. Jesus in the boat and, and uh, he picked, handpicked certain disciples around about him. The question is this, is who's in your boat? Who's in the boat doing the journey with you? God wants to take you to the other side, but who have you handpicked in your life? See, the average person in the Western world has two friends. Interesting statistic. A friend defined as someone that, that can see things in your life and is able to point things out in your life. Christian, I see this, you know, what's going on there. The, the average person in the Western world, two friends. An interesting thing that 25% of people in the Western world have no friends. Potentially, 25% of this crowd right now may not have any true friends in their life. You've got all these associates, you've got these people, but they really don't. There are people lonely right now that wish, that only desired to have someone in their life that could speak into their world. Says they want to take you to this next level. Western world, it's, it's like Adam when he was in the garden. Remember that moment where God couldn't find him and he's, he's where are you, Adam? And he says, I'm hiding. We've got a generation in the Western world that's just hiding, just, just doing my thing. It won't go and visit the neighbors, won't go down the street because uh, they're hiding. I mean, yeah, they're there, but they're not there. So number one is you need to have a relationship with a book. Number two, a relationship with others. If I could have the keyboardist. The third one is uh, a relationship with the creator of the planet of the earth. A relationship with the planet of the creator of earth. But by the way, just with that relationship, let me encourage you, I don't have time to preach into it, but in Judges chapter 19, I think it is, uh, a phenomenal piece of scripture about a whole city that was destroyed simply because uh, they had the wrong relationships. It's worth reading it, checking it out. Whole city, sorry, chapter 18 in Judges. A whole city destroyed because they thought they were securing themselves, they were prosperous, but you know what? They had no relationship and they were completely wiped out. The third one is this, having a relationship with the creator of the heavens and the earth. If you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn to Acts chapter four. Just while you're turning to Acts chapter four, in Acts chapter three, there's this piece of scripture. Peter and John are going to the temple to pray. The story goes that there's a beggar, gate beautiful and know the story that he says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth walk. And it says that got him by the hand, lifted him to his feet. And, and, and for the first time in his life, he's over 40 years of age. It tells you that in chapter four. 40 is a long time to not be moving. 
fact, while I was in worship, I saw a picture of someone in this place throwing a crutch down on the ground. I believe that was a metaphoric picture that God had given me. The people that have been using things of this world, relationship substance to, to be the crutch in your life. But, but they're, they're, someone's catching something here today. And you're throwing that aside. You're ready to run. You're ready to run to your finish line. But here's this beggar for the first time in his life. And it says in, in chapter three that he, was, he started walking, he started shouting, he started praising God, walking, jumping, dancing. For the first time in his life, he goes into the temple courts, shouting, praising God. I mean, there's people on the other side praying. You can just see people going, would you be quiet? I'm trying to pray here. Hallelujah. Be quiet. Pray. He said, I got healed. Jesus, heal me. I mean, I mean, he's pumped, he's excited. Oh, oh, Jesus, look, I can walk. Ha, ha, Jesus, heal me. Jesus, heal me. Oh, 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 man, he's pumped, he's excited. People trying to quiet him up. Guards come out and they rest. Peter, John is beggar. Throw him behind bars. Before that happens, I mean, he wins like 3,000 people to Christ. It's a pretty good day for church and bring that day on. Uh, the following day, they're brought before the temple guard, chapter four. They're given a chance to testify why you're doing what you're doing. You can understand that many weeks prior to this, they tried to stomp out this Jesus guy by nailing him to a cross and apparently turned up but couldn't be found. Somehow disappeared into some cloud. And he gets up and he testifies. Verses 12, he makes a statement, he says, salvation is found in no one else. For there's no one else under heaven by which men must be saved. And then we come to verses 13. You gotta see this. One of my most favorite scriptures in the Bible. It says this, that when they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. <laughs> they realized that they were unschooled. I mean, they, these guys, they, they didn't go to Jerusalem Bible College and they didn't have any PhDs or doctorates hanging over their lives. Who are these guys? Just uneducated, unschooled individuals. Ordinary men, it says. That they weren't celebrities. They weren't from some political power. They weren't sporting heroes. They were just ordinary men. Let's go, what is fishy about you guys? Oh, that's right, you're fishermen. That was a joke, okay? I'll just move on, all right? Unschooled, ordinary men, but this is the key. They took note that these men had been with Jesus. I wonder, I wonder when you do your life, People stop and take note. What, what's different about this guy's life? What, what is it about him? I've been watching this guy and I don't know, the way he does his work, the way he talks, the way he operates, there's something different about his life. I don't know what it is about this lady. She doesn't shop like other people. She doesn't do life like other people. Well, what is it? What is it about this individual? Everyone else is upset and sad, but he's got a smile on his face. 
What, when people look at you, do they take note that you've been with Jesus? See, see, we've got to have a flourishing finish in life. You know what? If we, we've got to get there, then the key is this, is that, you know what? We've got to apply these three key ingredients, a relationship with a book, a relationship with others, and a relationship with our Heavenly Father. The God who created the planet and the earth and created you and I. He's the one that put us all together. If He can put it together, what He started, the good work that He started, He's got the ability to complete. But more than just complete, to have a flourishing finish. Right across this place, there are people that are tired of being beaten around by the circumstances of life. I'm telling you, there's not a prayer I can pray to eliminate those trials and temptations. There's not a substance that I can give you that, that can take these things away. But what I can tell you is this, is that, you know what, if there's a God that doesn't give up, then you know what, let's get a bit of that inside of us, a bit of tenacity that says, you know what, I'm gonna push through. I'm gonna do what I have to do to have that relationship with a book, relationship with others, and a relationship with my heavenly Father, just so I can get through. More than just getting through to have that flourishing finish. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Visit us online at c3noosa.org.